Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is not Vicky Barcelona. She's on assignment. Yes, she, she was is. attacked by the plants, like in uh, The Happening. Yeah. And uh, allergies have uh, wrecked her, and I really didn't want to hear her squeaking through the podcast. No, she's going to be. <laughs> she can be out for a little bit. Yeah, she'll be fine, but we don't have her. But you just heard we got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. And that's all you need. Is it? Because uh, running the boards is Joey D's. Hey, guess, hello. I guess we need him, too. Yeah, we need everyone here. Fine. On today's show, we will get into the great debate, because it's a show on sci-fi, and I talk with Baron Vaughn, who is the host of that. Ooh. Oh, nice. BJ's been watching some television shows, so yeah. we're going to get into those, maybe a season finale and uh, some, some interesting developments in another favorite. Mm-hmm. No geek sheet, because, yeah, whatever. And we'll get to the more. Wow. Hey, fat more and uh, yes, all of that. Uh, Also, uh, hey, me. How can people get a hold of us? Well, they can do so by going to bjgeeknation.com, which has all of our uh, information on podcasts, articles, and more. More. Thank you. Hit up all of our social media. You can find it all at bjgeeknation.com, or send us an email bjgeeknation at gmail.com. Lots of ways to get a hold of us. And if you would like to give us a five-star review on however which way you listen to us, Apple Podcasts and all those other fun things, please do so. Uh, Maybe we'll get you something eventually. Like I said, like all those random fun free comics (gasps) that I have. I love random comic books. Right? All you have to do, I mean, it's free, but you got to put in a little bit of work. Write us a review. Let me know that you wrote us a review, and I'll pull a random comic book out and send it right to you. Uh, let's get right into The Great Debate, which is on Sci-Fi. It actually aired last night, but you can find it right on their website as well, and it happens every Thursday night at 11 p.m., and uh, you know what? I'm not going to uh, waste any more time explaining it when I've got Mr. Baron Vaughn here to talk about it. The show is The Great Debate, which is on Sci-Fi, starting on June 18th at 11 p.m., and I love the fact that this is one of those shows that actually started off more as a, a panel, correct? Yes, that's absolutely correct. It was a panel at uh, a bunch of different events around the country, mostly Comic-Cons, um, various Comic-Cons, but also a couple different film festivals and I think some comedy festivals and stuff like that. I had the pleasure of uh, being a panelist in South by Southwest. <laughs> I um, st- and so... What? I saw that one, man, and it was hilarious just the fact that... Oh, you uh, did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I loved how you were... I, I, they said that you didn't win when you were talking about who would be a worse boss between Vader and the Joker, but I thought you had some really, really, really good points when it comes down to uh, the social distancing of Vader and how he can still really affect you. <laughs> Uh, well, that's that's great. I have a very different feeling about that these days. Really? Um, there are. Oh yeah. Well, there's more Star Wars movies that have come out. <laughs> but but you know, there's something about I do hate that you can't get away from Vader. You are stuck on that ship, and that's that's as good as it gets. Like you know, Vader could essentially, if you were say you were asleep. I don't know what kind of sleeping situation they have on something like the Death Star. I would assume it's a very awkward bunk bed. <laughs> Militaristic bunk bed. Yeah, right. And so, 
you know, at any at a moment's notice, Vader could just kick your door down. He doesn't even have to kick. He could just move it with his mind and be like, get up, time to clean the toilet. You know, you never know. You never know what he's going to come at you with. Make me egg Benedict. You're like, oh, my goodness. Why are you making me do all of these things? <laughs> and so with with the, the great debate, you're going to be hosting. Now, are you are you acting as a moderator or are you actually uh, just uh, asking the questions and letting the panelists go at it? Is it like a back and forth, a one on one like it was on the panels? It's a little of both. Yes, uh, I am going to be a moderator. I mean, I introduce all the different subjects and people and stuff like that. But I also will make sure that the debate remains civil. <laughs> um, and and ordered, and that nothing will come to fisticuffs. <laughs> you kind of hope it doesn't, but uh, I mean, to be perfectly honest, some people are really, really passionate about the fandoms that they have. Exactly. That's why I think people will really connect with the show, you know, because it brings up a lot of questions, you know, that you may have or may not have thought about. But we try to be clever with the way that we bring it up or even which characters of a very popular franchise we focus the subject on. So it's like, uh, that's the kind of stuff that's going to come up. And again, these are the kinds of things that people love to talk about, very passionate about, um, very strong points. And I think that people who have always felt passionate about nerd culture, if you will, especially defending their stance on whatever they love, We'll love the show because that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah, and you are you, you are bringing some some heavy hitters in the celebrity world. Two of my favorites have been uh, Aisha Tyler. Some people know her from Archer or Whose Line Is It Anyway, and she's such a massive nerd that it's just it's super cool to be able to see her be able to just geek out about stuff. Watching that video from South by Southwest, how she got mad at one of the panelists talking about Metallica uh-huh. and even like saying anything bad about one of her favorite metal bands was actually. It, it was it was amazing. I think that was actually Dave Holmes too. So Dave Holmes is no stranger to you know music, especially not metal. I, if I remember correctly, that was about which which metal band has the dumbest name. Yeah, and so he <laughs> said Metallica, which of course a there. Were, I want to say there was an audible gasp <laughs> in, the, in the audience <laughs> at some point. Well, and it's one of those because they're one of those institutions. I mean, like if you look at like thrash metal and like the 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 you know the the monument, the 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 Rushmore monument about that, it's going to be they're going to be up there. So just to be able to do that and talk crap and then get some blowback from the panelists immediately was hilarious. <laughs> now, now he didn't say anything about whether or not they're good. He just said their name is dumb, right? Okay? <laughs> but that said. You know, you mentioned Mount Rushmore, a lot of great presidents up there, but Teddy Roosevelt, that's a stupid name. (laughs) Teddy, are you going to are you going to disrespect the teddy bear, the man who created the teddy bear, sir? Yes, indeed. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You should have went by Theodore. That's all I got. Exactly. <laughs> Another person I thought is uh, is going to be cool on this also is uh, Orlando Jones, who people may know from American Gods, and his performance during that second season, and the fact that he did so much work um, behind the scenes to really make that come to fruition. Uh, the level of respect I've always loved him as an actor, but it went just so so much higher at that point too. Yeah, Orlando's fantastic, and he was fantastic on the show because he's just, he's so silly. He's so silly. That, he was on a couple episodes, but I feel like there was one with him and Aisha that was 
really, really wild, and it was a really fun time. Um, Orlando is also in one of my favorite movies of all time, a movie that I don't think people watch enough, Ooh. you know, and this is exactly the kind of nerd stuff that I'm talking about. Um, it's called Evolution. Do you remember this movie? <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, that movie was amazing. Exactly. It was a little bit ahead of its time. I think people were confused what to think of it, about it when it came out, but it was David Duchovny and Orlando Jones. Who else was in it? Julianne Moore, a bunch of different yeah. people. Great, great movie, and it's in that sh- that tradition of of Ghostbusters, um, in the sense that it's a bit sci-fi, but it's a, it's comedy, but mm-hmm. it's not making fun of the sci-fi. So it has a real story, you know. It's kind of like it's kind of like what what Simon Pegg and Nick Frost do, you know. Like Shaun of the Dead isn't making fun of zombie movies; it is a zombie movie. Yeah, it's absolutely. Just funny. Yeah, that's a really you know, good point. I think that evolution. <sighs> I need oh, to go yeah, back and I need to go back and watch that one because it's been it's been a while to, uh, since I've watched that. So I'm really that's amazing. <laughs> uh, now, also, uh, people, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that you are Tom Servo on the MST3K, the the return of it. And so I need to ask you, what's it like playing a modified gumball machine? <laughs> uh, well, first, it's an honor and a pleasure. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it was, I mean, what can I say? It's a dream come true to be involved in that show, you know, and to um, work with my good friends, Jonah Ray and, and Hampton Young. Jonah Ray was also uh, on a couple episodes of The Great Fate. Oh, nice. Um, so you'll be able to see his his tall self on the screen as well. <laughs> um, but, you know, the biggest thing about MST3K is that Joel Hodgson was involved, you know, from the very start. I think that was a big thing for the fans. They were reluctant um, to 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 take it at first because they were unsure if it was people who actually liked and respected the old show or if yeah. it was just a bunch of people who were going to turn it into something that they, that was unrecognizable to them. Because as we know, that always happens. That happens a lot with a lot of different oh. you know properties and and things that we like. Where somebody who doesn't care who who cared that it was popular yeah. comes along. And it's like, oh, I could I could milk money out of this instead of there being real love for the material and the people that made it. Yeah, and just going back and watching that on Netflix, it was fantastic. I love that. Uh, again, it's the great debate on sci-fi starting June 18th at 11 p.m. Guys, check it out. Watch this. Get into those nerd fights with your friends as you're all watching it as well. Um, and before I let you go, Baron, um, I also noticed on your Twitter that you've got something going on with Funnier Die called Call and Response, and I'd love for you to put a little bit of a, a little bit of the word out on that as well. Well, you know, I, I don't want to say it's the opposite of nerd culture, um, but, you know, basically my friend Open Mike Eagle and I, you know, who he's been sort of my co-host comedy partner over the last couple of years, we, we were approached by Funny or Die to do this um, very ambitious project. I almost look at it like a special mm-hmm. in which um, we are going to basically every day for two weeks hold, I would call it like almost like a community meeting in which we have invited all kinds of different people to, to speak and to talk with us about what's happening in the world right now. You know, mm-hmm. what's happening in the world in terms of civil rights. You know, obviously we all are familiar with what's going on in the streets, having to do with the Black Lives Matter movement, but also, you know, how all of that connects to the bigger picture of what's going on with the pandemic. Uh, you know, what's going on with the administration, what's going on, just like, there's all kinds of cray, 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 cray stuff going on. <laughs> so the great debate is a great way to, and I don't think there's anything wrong with this. Let me add, 
There is nothing wrong with having a little escape. There is nothing wrong with feeling a little joy mm-hmm. and having a laugh. Because that is, that's what life is actually all about. All of these injustices, any injustice is in the way of us just being able to relax and have a laugh. That's the way I see it. So call and response is a way of being able to, to talk about those things, you know, with humor and love. But great debate is being able to not talk about those things <laughs> and still um, be okay. You know what I mean? Like still exactly. live our lives and have a, have a good time talking about stuff we enjoy. Exactly. I think both conversations are equally important. I think, well, the first conversation, you know, the uh, the conversation with uh, with call and response is way more important. But like you said, the 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 escape is the big thing on that. And where else can you escape? But with the great debate. I love it. Thank you so much, Baron. Again, the great debate on sci fi starting June 18th at 11 p.m. Seriously, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Indeed, it was an honor. And I uh, hope to be back some other day. Appreciate it, Baron. Take care. I'm pretty excited to actually get in and see how these are going because I watched, like I said in the interview, their uh, South by Southwest one. And this is something that uh, they've been doing for a while at Comic-Cons. So when you can't go to a Comic-Con because they're just not happening at this point in time uh, or they're just doing all of their online stuff, uh, it's kind of fun to be able to get and talk and argue or at least watch people uh, argue about some of the funnest things ever. And it's fun that you know, I didn't realize Baron was uh, you know part of the geek culture. Yeah. Because I've loved him in Grace and Frankie. Which is funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Bud on uh, Grace and Frankie. And it's it's really entertaining to just put out those. Like, we all have that who's the better captain, Kirk or Picard. Um, But it's kind of. I don't want to hear from, uh, you know, (laughs) Kayla LaFrance, the the queen of the nerds. Yep, yep. She will say Janeway is the best, man. And that's the one thing, too. It's like, but they put it on its head. It's like, well, actually, look at it this way between Janeway and Picard. We'll just go with those two. Yes, number one. Um, which one do you think would be a better boss? A better boss? Yeah. Ooh. Because that's how they put the spin on these. It's not oh. who would be better. It's like, well, how, like, would it, like, because I, I got to go with, then I'm going to go with Cisco because he did get, oh, made, he was made a captain. Out of left field. Yeah, he was made a captain, I think, in season four. And you've been binging DS9. And, <laughs> yeah, I have. And I'm really, I mean, Cisco's a good boss because he had to deal with DS9, which was a ragtag everybody's at the space station and they've made a lot of points about how it's different being on a starship than it is being on, you know, you know, commanding a space station and he's got to work with all those people. And I think a boss is really great with the amount of people they work for or yeah. and, and how they manage. I got to give it to, but Janeway had to get the Maquis and she had to get the Federation guys together since they were stuck in the uh, Delta Quadrant. And they they hated each other, and they were on the same ship. Like Chakotay was like the leader of the Maquis, and I forget what Janeway did to make that happen. So that could make her a good boss. Well, and also, but also, wasn't it? Uh, well, I don't know whose fault it was that got them so stranded so far away. I mean, but she's the captain, and I don't know if I want the captain. Uh, you know, I don't want my captain to be the one that got me lost in the dark, darkest reaches of space. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it, these are all tough questions, and um, I. But I I think I'm. Still, I'm going to lean towards Cisco, but again, I'm going to start binge watching Voyager after I binge watch Deep Space Nine. So that in another year or however long it takes <laughs> me to get through the seven seasons of DS9, I might change it and go. You know what? <laughs> on second thought, Janeway is a better boss. What season are you on now? I am on season four, halfway through. All right, and I just watched 
perhaps a, 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 a it's the it's the data's cat episode of DS9. Oh no, so, Worf is on trial but, Wait, for this dumbest oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, Worf ended up there. He was yeah, and he's on, yeah. He, season four, he popped over there. He's on trial. It was a filler episode. It took place basically just in <laughs> in in the briefing room of DS9. The entire episode was just like, oh, this is so filler. And that was some of the problems I had with DS9. I never got into the huge war that they had in the later seasons. I watched like the first two or three seasons. And to me as a kid, it it was boring. Like they, the difference between you're talking about a space station and yeah. a starship, space station isn't exploring anything. You're stuck there all of the time. And no matter how interesting it was, you weren't going to strange new worlds to seek out new lives and new civilizations. You're boldly staying exactly where you are. Well, then they got the Defiant in season three-ish, I think. season oh. The end of season three, they got the Defiant. And that was that fun little ship that was very maneuverable and was overpowered and had phasers that were just ridiculously <laughs> powerful and eight million quantum torpedoes. And the Defiant uh, really did change how that show was because then they started going places. Okay. Then yeah. Mm, and if you go mm. online, there's a quintessential Deep Space Nine story arc like episode guide, so you can skip all the filler. Uh, because some oh, people, okay, good. People argue that Deep Space Nine it perhaps is the best story arc Star Trek series ever. Whoa. After season two. <laughs> well, again, season you're right, because season two, season two really isn't part of it. There exactly. might have been one or two season two episodes that actually mention the Dominion. And that's the idea. You just mm-hmm. only all you care about is the Dominion. Yeah. And season two started hinting at the Dominion and then but that's why if you check online, somebody will tell you, here are all the episodes you should watch, and you will probably skip out of season one completely. Maybe two episodes in season two, and yeah. Yeah, season one and two is like uh, Friends in Space. And then season three, they're like, okay, well, we should probably be a Star Trek show We should now. finally do something. Yeah, and the Dominions <laughs> are really, I, I would say now with today's, like a lot of stuff that we're experiencing today with what we're trying to do uh, with our own nation and heal a lot of problems, you can see, uh, like watching the Dominion and watching mm. how they be, it's like, whoa. Wow. It's really, it's okay. like, there's a lot of lessons I think that can be learned, which is what Star Trek was so good at. And uh, between that, you've been watching a lot of other television as well. Sure have. Uh, the season finale of Vagrant Queen. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh-oh. And it's not because I didn't like it. Oh. It's because I found out that it, not everybody else liked it. Didn't get good ratings, and there may not be a season two. Oh. I'm really sad. They wrapped it up, which is nice. They did wrap up season one's major story, which at least I love how shows do that, but they still left a cliffhanger for what could have been season two. The characters really grew on me. You know, um, it saddens me that uh, for whatever reason, this just didn't get better ratings. I know at least we talked about it on our show, and I wanted to see it. Uh, and I and there was some cool stuff that happened towards the end of the season, and it was way over the top, very cartoony, but I feel like it was emulating the graphic novel. And if you love the graphic novel, which I think a lot of people must have because they ended up making a series on it, um, I don't know why the graphic novel fans didn't really find this and love this, or unless it wasn't good to them, maybe it wasn't like the graphic novel, but I, I really liked it a lot. I'm going to miss it. It was really a fun show, and especially as it got towards the end, they really, the characters started feeling at home with each other, and I started feeling at home with the characters, and I'm I'm really going to miss them. I, I hope somehow, some way, somebody says, ah, let's give this another season and let's see what's going on. But hey, if you just want to watch a complete show and see a really cool, over-the-top <laughs> villain and uh, a threesome of people who go out and just you know defy all odds with crazy episodes and lots of, 
it's, uh, you know, you got your monster of the week with a story arc like the old Star Treks used to be. Mm-hmm. Only 10 episode season. Oh, that's good. And uh, I think good makeup. Again, over the top makeup. I mean, it really is. They, they, they were like, look, this is a big comic book we're putting on your screen about sci-fi things. Yeah. And um, everything was way over the top. But I really think it was like, it was almost like, what if they took the people that made the 1960s Batman and did a sci-fi show? Oh, that's what it it has a lot of camp to it too. The, okay. and the colors are bright uh, and really it's oh, got so it's a, not dystopian uh, future sort oh, of stuff. Yeah, it's and it has a lot of 1980s sounding music and of course I I was in my 20s in the 80s so it was fun to hear that. And I know you like the 80s. <laughs> oh, I too. love 80s music so, so much. So yeah. Yeah, so it's got those bright colors that the 80s had too. Um I liked it. It was on Sci-Fi. You probably can get it on demand cuz it the, the season finale mm-hmm. and maybe even the series finale just happened a couple weeks ago. So And yeah. To be Vagrant Queen, yes. At at this point, as of uh, June 15th was the last time that there was uh, some news on this. Uh, The news was there's no news. Because it has not been canceled, nor has it been renewed. Yeah, so, so I'm happy to hear that. we don't that. know what's going to happen. I went a little further than that story, Rev, and found out that people go, oh, yeah, it's got no ratings. People don't like yeah. it, blah, blah, blah. They're, not saying, they're um, saying it did get a whole lot of ratings. But, you know, I mean, I think this is one of those shows that you just, you know, right now with the way we, the world is and everything, and you want a lot of fun mm-hmm. and a lot of goofiness and a lot of camp, I think this is it. It's so tough now to get a second season when you have the whole COVID thing going on, especially if you're not getting good, you know, great mm-hmm. ratings, right? Like, yeah. you know, if you have a show that people love and they're already addicted to, you know, you're good. But now it's like, geez, you have to push through all that and deal with the, you know. I don't know what sci-fi is, is going to do because yeah. Peacock is coming out with their Battlestar Galactica. Oh, that's right. And that show Brave New World, which I believe is based on Eldis Huxley's book and it's yeah. just going to be a series. And that's going to be coming out in like July, like mid-July or so. Yeah, Netflix, I just noticed, had, had a, I don't know how old it is, but they have a War of the Worlds series. Oh, a I whole series? I don't know how good it is, but uh, and maybe it's not that good if nobody's really talking about it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and I don't want to give too much time to something that may or may not because I and I would you know so uh, because I'm you know Vicky turned me on to Doom Patrol and she was right that is such a great show too. Uh, so there's a lot out there. <laughs> there's like so Joe much said, TV out there. There's a lot of competition. It is tough for us, but I look at sci-fi like, well, what's your signature series going to be? So. It's a really we'll good point on that yeah. one. Uh, another show that you've been watching has been Agents of Shield. Yeah, and I read an article on Comic Book Resources that said Agents of Shield just made its season seven villains even more powerful. Yeah, really. Yeah, they, yeah the, the Chronicoms are basically robots that look like humans and have the ability to absorb another human's face, and that's how they. Oh, yeah, and so and you're left faceless and. Ah! Pretty much dead uh, as they assume your form in order to do their their nefarious plot, which is they're trying to stop Shield from happening. If they can stop uh, Shield from happening, the old go back in time, yeah. kill Hitler sort of thing. And the thing is, is they are going to different pivotal points in Shield's history to stop him from happening, and but they only have one shot to do it, and. Our fearless heroes are able to follow them in the time stream and foil them in the 30s, and they recently foil them in the 50s. And uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, to uh, just watch this romp of a goodbye season. I really, really like it. Um, it's very fun. Um, the only complaint I would have is that I'm just tired of a hero that has powers that basically can't use their powers for some reason. Yo-yo. Oh, are they doing that again? But yeah. So, I mean, I know they're ground level, and it really frustrates me 
and I guess it's a budget thing. Um, I guess. I mean, I don't know how, you know how much special effects goes into Yo-Yo running quickly and then bounce it back again. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, Agent May is sort of like a death machine, but I think, but she's human. But she's kind of like had something happen to her. But she's a really good fighter. But she's got no memory, or she does, but she doesn't care about stuff anymore. Phil Coulson is an LMD, so he's got superpower. Which is kind of fun to watch, uh, but then you know, a quake as usual. Quake for some reason, I don't know. She doesn't quake much. I don't know why. Well, I mean, she could bring down entire buildings. That seems kind of dangerous. I guess it seems like she has handheld quake abilities, and she's able to push people across the room. So it seems like she has the ability to do it. Mm. I mean, maybe they explained it a couple seasons ago that maybe it would hurt her a lot. But said, you know, when I see Daisy kicking people and doing martial arts, I'm like, you know, you could just quake these. Ba- I mean, you are you're you're gosh darn quake. Uh, and now that you know, with Yo Yo going. Uh, yeah, for some reason I can't yo, yo. Yo, yo. You know, and I'm just like, all right, well, I mean, it's still fun anyway, though. Uh, no fits so far. I'm missing like, fits. not at all? Yeah, and I, I don't read the stories to know, like, off screen what's going on if he's not even going to be on this season. I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed that he'll show up somewhere. Um, it seems so weird, though. Yeah, because Gemma, you know, I mean, uh, but here's the cool episode, dude. Hmm. We got to see Daniel Sousa. Who, of course, was the partner for Peggy Carter in the Peggy Carter series. Oh, yeah. Because they went to the 50s. Gemma was able to sneak him into the secret base by saying she was Peggy Carter, not what? knowing that uh, Daniel Sousa was going to visit the base, too. And, of course, he knows who the real Peggy Carter is. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. And it was good to see him again. He's 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 a, he's a good dude. I, I loved Peggy Carter. Like, the wife and I, like, I wasn't too into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but absolutely adored Peggy Carter. I think part of it was, A, the nostalgia, like the the old, like, early times and that sort of thing. Yeah. And then also just the fact that Peggy Carter is such a strong female and just being able to really stand up in the face of the old, I mean, even nowadays it's still not the best, but even just the old sexism that they had, she had to deal with and going through all of that, it was cool to see her journey on that. And I would say to people like you who, you know, there's been a lot going on in the world of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm. but, you know, this is their last season. You could go read a, a, su- a summary somewhere of what you've missed, maybe from the last couple of seasons if you want, uh, or even, you know, like I like to do is I'll just go previously and just yeah. catch up on a couple of things. Totally. Uh, I really think this is a fun season, and the concept is simple, is that there are bad guys that they have to travel too far, t- through time to catch. Something is wrong with May due to what happened to her last season. Some aliens got inside her head. Phil's dead, and they made an LMD of him. And Max in charge, and for, uh, and Fitz is missing, and they and they've been able to turn their Zephyr into a time traveling ship. That's all you need to know. Oh, thanks to watch the last season and have a fun time. <laughs> and that's the thing too; it's like going back in time, and if they're doing the, it's like it's like a best of sort of like farewell tour sort of thing. Yeah. And that's fun to do as well and see through that. So and it's, it's really yeah. good. It's and Shield has increasingly gotten better season after season after season. And a lot of folks, like I've said before, says because they had to, they they were able to finally cut ties to the sinking of the timeline for the Avengers movies. They don't have to yeah. worry about that anymore. And the show got better because of it. Uh, and uh, I'm enjoying it. I really have liked all the episodes. It's fun to see them in different times of the past. Like it's kind of mm-hmm. like watching Doctor Who of Shield. Oh yeah, because they're traveling call. through time. That's funny. Uh, moving on from that, and this is the last thing before we get out of here. Like I said, no geek sheet with Vicky B, but this is a story for her and all of us because we have all enjoyed the Umbrella Academy. Oh yeah, it's coming back for season two. Oh yeah, and they just dropped the synopsis. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So uh, it's a little apocalyptic on this one. Uh, Five warned his family so, so many times that using his powers to escape from Vanya's 2019 apocalypse was risky. Well, he was right. The time jump scatters the siblings in time in and around Dallas, Texas. Oh. Over a three-year period. Starting in 1960, some have been stuck in the past for years, having built lives and moved on, certain that they were the only ones who survived. Five is the last to land smack dab in the middle of a nuclear doomsday, which, spoiler alert, turns out to be a result of the group's disruption of the timelines. Deja vu, anyone? Yep. Now the Umbrella Academy must find a way to reunite, figure out what caused the doomsday, put a stop to it, and return to the present timeline to stop that other apocalypse all while being hunted by a trio of ruthless Swedish assassins. But seriously, no pressure or anything. So are they I uh-huh. wonder if they're the, are they the time assassins that worked for the place that uh, that five used to work for yeah. you betrayed them? I don't know. I don't know either. Was it Cha Cha and uh Oh gosh, yeah, uh, it was Cha Cha who I was I can't remember who the first person's name I know. was. Yeah. He both uh, of those yeah. guys were so great. They really were. They really were. And so I'm excited to see what they're gonna be doing with this. So it's a it's a it was always a fun comic and they did such a great job with the show. Yep. And there are currently, if you want to go check out the graphic novels, there's three volumes of the Umbrella Hazel Academy. And Hazel Thank you so much. (laughs) With the second one aptly being named Dallas. Now, another weird thing about that, too, is that I think the second volume had the time cops in them, but they put those in the first season. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how they mix all of those together and continue all of that. It'll be fun to see a lot how that is going down and even just... Going back and experiencing the Umbrella Academy again. I know that's one of those ones that Vicky will absolutely just put on the background to watch over and over and over again. May have to binge it. The soundtrack is fantastic. Yeah. It, like you're talking about 80s music, it's the same sort of throwback to that one. And I got to 4K, uh, 4K TV and the 4K Apple Ooh, TV, so fancy. I might do it. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.